Thanks for tuning in for the Go Unite podcast. We are the founders of Go Unite. I'm Michael Christensen, and I've been in the nonprofit sector for about eight years now. I mainly work in the arts. I'm Ian Harris. I call myself a designer and a thinker and a maker. And I'm Corey. I'm just here. He's our friend. Hello. <laughs> Go Unite is a massive undertaking which aims to make our communities better at functioning, have more vibrant places to live, getting people involved in causes, and more engaged. With more info on what Go Unite is on our Patreon with our white paper, but we're here doing this podcast for you to get to know us. And our main goal is to get to know other people that are like-minded, that want to better their communities and better their lives. And for us to test our ideas and defend them and, and work them out some more. And for me to argue <laughs> with these two fools. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Turn up. Let's go. Let's go. And you're Corey. You're Corey. I'm Ian. And I'm Michael. And we're about to uh, have our second podcast here on technology for people who hate technology. Hello. Hello. Okay, so Ian, you had a kind of a format for us today. Well, experimenting just, a little bit. Yeah, if we wanted to go around, because I had some questions from what I was reading about, um, but just wanted to see if you guys had anything that stumped you and kind of go around just going off of what okay. we came up with. So, there. just uh, when we were researching our topic here, what kind of, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, the thing that kind of stumped me. Uh, again, was like, how do you define technology? I mean, when you say technology, are you talking about... I, I, I mean, colloquially, we kind of know that we're talking about like iPhones and computers and stuff, right? But I mean, really, technology is anything man-made. Like, it could be like a, a shirt that was made 10,000 years ago. Mm. That's reasonably considered technology. Somewhat, sure. So, product of technology. Yeah, yeah. The, the product of someone thinking of having an idea of clothing, yeah. Yeah, to create something yeah, and yeah. creating I suppose it, right? I would see technology as something that you can't control. Wait, explain yourself there. What you can control mean? your clothing, right? <laughs> well, I mean, not necessarily. Oh, for it's, sure. You, you could sew on another. Well, I don't know <laughs> well, what the, kind what of house you, you live in, but in control. my house, we don't have ghosts wandering around <laughs> possessing <laughs> our shirts. Well, what, what do you, okay, what do you mean you can't control it? Like, okay, take your laptop, right? If it was, If it were to be broken, could you fix it? Okay, I see what you mean. So do I have... That's that's interesting. Do I have the ability to fix it if it gets broken? And so it's kind of out of your control, right? Right. So, that, so, so that's what like I see technology too. is. Yes. That'd be a car. That would be like the electrical I mean, that's the car. The that's building. the way cars are going today because, I mean, there's pre, I don't know, 1999 or something, right? Mm-hmm. Cars didn't have the ability to listen to your conversations. Right. In today's world... But to be clear, that the car is not listening to your conversation. Right. The car right. has but some tech, recording apparatus. The technology in your yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. Because if you give me a 1960s car, I'm pretty sure I could fix anything that goes wrong on that. You give me you a so? 2018 car, I'm okay, not going to yeah. be able to touch anything mm. on that. There's okay. so many sensors but, yeah, and electronics. Yeah. That sounds like a, a subjective way of viewing what technology is, of being like... I guess that's if true. It's, because there are things that act on us, like our phones would 
send us things that we didn't exactly go looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I could see that. So definitely. I suppose that's, that's my okay. definition of technology. I think that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty interesting definition. Possibly something that's out of your realm of comprehension of how it actually functions. Okay. And huh. also I mean, could you like weave a nice shirt though? Mm. I mean how would you two YouTube you videos making... and I'm gonna have a shirt made <laughs> by ten o'clock tonight. <laughs> Okay, so you were you well. That's interesting because you're relying on YouTube and a computer, yeah. something that you can't fix if it broke, in order to do something. That I mean, that's true. She okay. didn't exactly say it was a. But two technology you, was a but bad. But two thing YouTube there. videos in, I'm not going to be able to reproduce my iPhone. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay, so so true to the. Did you oh. see the guy who went to a a market in China and found all of the parts and built like a, built a, a phone? couple generation late uh iphone out of just parts that he found okay. it's amazing yeah. really? and built it for like that's a like third the guy was it like yeah. as big as a suitcase no and... it was all like the casing itself really? and the well, every just, yeah it's just part. all the parts yeah. okay. just pulling them. it's like the guy building teslas yeah yeah he's just take he's taking like wrecked teslas and <laughs> and collecting parts because and the manuals are all open source for teslas no kidding. And yeah. creating. The only okay. problem with that is Tesla will not help you at all yeah. with anything. And that's part of the problem. If you get a Tesla and you wreck it mm-hmm. and it comes back as it's, what's what's the word for it when they can't fix it? Any, anyways, and they can't total. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. totaled. <Many> things. Yeah. <laughs> it's totaled. I don't know why I forgot that word. Um, wrecked is another one <laughs> if you buy that told tesla say that you just needed a new bumper or whatever tesla yeah. will no longer help you with any other parts that you need don't they have like there's, any kind of liability plan no or insurance or something no huh. once it's told it's out of their out of their hands and so this so guy nobody else can fix a tesla because right except tesla and i think that's kind of their point is that you have to go to tesla to fix a go tesla ahead, you can't just go down t- the street to a mechanic okay Kind of going back to that definition, it reminded me when I was, um, I kept finding things when I was looking for people who hate technology, kept Mm -hmm. finding this uh, idea of anti-science or an anti-scientific movement. Well, yeah, but this was something even earlier because that was mostly like work and technology being made to um, like enable lower skill workers to get involved but it was mm-hmm. this was like anti-science at the beginning of the scientific revolution how could you be anti-science right yeah. and i yeah that's <laughs> I what anti things working wondering but yeah. <clears throat> it uh, okay. um well, i mean back then science wasn't quite where it should have been well, yeah. yeah and most of the arguments that I was finding were that they were quote unquote reductive views of the world. When you just get down to this works because of this and Mm. here's the math behind it. Mm. And here's all of my proof. And like, these are facts. There's no love or God about (laughs) it. And so it's, it was the view that science was just making things cold and yeah mechanical yeah 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 Yeah, i I played kind of daft there earlier but i've definitely heard about you know people that that feel that way i mean no but it's a weird term anti-science science kills god so if you believe in god then you're exactly you're on the side of 
of against science. Almost. Let's face it, the mm. the Renaissance period, they they loved their romance and their god and well, they all but they stuff. had like a great synthesis though. The Renaissance people, they had like you know the this belief in the higher power and just like aesthetics and in the aesthetics of God and all that. But mm. they also had like really elaborate techniques for constructing buildings. And you know, kind of you know, various types of art forms, styles. So they were using science too. True. So something like yeah, maybe was... tipped it over the edge, where it became like distinctly different, kind yeah. of like a scientific approach to something. Yeah, I have no idea I guess what that was. Art technique is yeah. a science of its own. Totally is. Yeah, but that's also kind of where it starts blurring the line too when you're talking about an art of science and a science of art. Yeah. And things, yeah. But... So, so Corey, that makes me kind of wonder. So the reason why we had this particular topic was because something you said in our drive, you know, uh, wherever we were going after our last one, which was, you know, you don't want to have like invasive technology in your life mm -hmm. and you want to kind of just live more like on the land or more wholesomely, I guess. I think so it went back of, to money. Was, how do you mean? How, like Bitcoin and everything. Oh, yeah. You were, Is that what it was? I think that's what it stands for. Were you for. making the point about, like, con average consumers don't care about yeah. revolutionary things and then like if, that? If you're living in a cabin in the woods and you're making money by selling little gifts at the local gift shop to pay your property tax, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden Bitcoin comes running through, and now you need technology in order to handle mm -hmm. your money, mm. that's where... That's that 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 okay. was that's kind of where that topic stemmed from. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So okay, so my, I think that's kind of what I was somewhat picking up on when we were thinking about that because I think that one of the I guess now to the point of the benefit of technology is that you can encode all of these bureaucratic and economic and logical structures that are required to run a society into a simple not simple but a, but a computer basically. A computer you're you're your smartphone, you yeah. can run an app that connects you with everybody else in your neighborhood. Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. And and anything that any any system that you've ever participated in that provided you with some material wealth that you could never achieve in your own lifetime like through mass production, all of that information to some extent or another can be put in a technology device. Mm -hmm. And so if you were just going to get rid of technology entirely, I think you'd lose total access to the machines that are going to allow you to optimize those things <laughs> and make them less invasive. Because if you just like, you know, are afraid of computers or don't like computers that they're current, where right. they're currently designed, and you don't just like lean into it and try to make it more efficient and less invasive, then I think you're probably shooting yourself in the foot. And then on the opposite side of the coin, though, with how technology is going today... If you look at the masses, it's just creating lambs. People don't think for themselves. They just, you know, they're like in this mold. Go home, watch TV, go to work, spend all day on Facebook. Because of the convenience of it. Because the convenience of it. It's almost making us thing. more lazy. Yeah, that was an argument I uh, yeah. found in reading about Neo-Luddites. Did you mm. see anything on that? <laughs> so... The, the Neo, Luddites. Say that again. Neo-Luddites? Neo-Luddites. So, okay. like, Luddite is, like, the traditional people that, that hate just hate any kind of technological advancement. Mm -hmm. And I guess Neo-Luddite is, like, a new version yeah. of that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it started up in the, <clears throat> in the 1900s in, like, the 
because the Luddites were in all through the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and a lot of their concerns were just that they were being put out of work mm-hmm. and that their jobs were being taken over by these automated mills. By and the machines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but then in like the 1930s and 60s and then up till through the 90s and everything, mm-hmm. there were the Neo-Luddites who were after like a wholesome agrarian society and going back to simpler times and outlawing all electromechanical yeah. advances. So is this like, and, like yeah. Amish? Yeah, a little kind of, bit. Yeah. I mean, it's in the same kind of. Because can I just say how goofy that is when I see <laughs> Amish people pulling like some kind of John Deere, like say like a baler, like a hay baler, right? This thing kind of runs off the tires, right? Uh-huh. The tires rotation kind of runs the baler itself. So there's no engine per se. So there's no engine, but they're pulling it with horses, but they're still using like state of the art uh-huh. mechanical, <laughs> just because it doesn't have an engine. That's interesting. So it's just goofy to me. It's so would... funny. Because they're they're like not purists about it, I guess, and they were. Uh, I mean, benefiting well, from it's, the it's more industry. just like bending the rules about it. Yeah, and it kind of goes to your definition, Corey, of something that you like. Right. So just the, a certain the, level of of yeah. skill that it or knowledge that it would take to master the technology. Because to, be today, mechanical. basically, a combine for anybody that doesn't know is just this big machine that rakes the field of of wheat or any kind of uh, product right Mm -hmm. and they they're almost self-driving now and so basically you just have to sit in the cabin and make sure everything's still running falls apart because you gotta you it within the field if something's too wet or too dry you gotta kind of handle that and so you gotta know if i should really cut this or not Mm -hmm. so there's still things that you have to do as a farmer to to make choices but i guess if you're amish you don't really want that right you just want to be able to hook this thing up to your horses and draw it out so yeah yeah well i feel like so it kind of falls under my earlier definition mm-hmm. of they can't fix something yeah. that's responding from a satellite yeah i, I do like mm-hmm. that definition um i think that's one because one one problem that i see with technology i kind of like have I'm, I'm like for it in some places and against it in other places. I think the problem with technology, I think this is something that Joseph Campbell, the mytho- mythology guy said, was like, he, he was saying that it's hard to mythologize and form a culture around technology because it's changing so rapidly. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm. you kind of think about like the, the quote unquote technology of like the, the Middle Ages where they have like swords and knights in shining armor and that that kind of technology was more or less the same for several hundred years at, at mm-hmm. a stretch and so it was easy to kind of like form stories around it but mm-hmm. our technology is always changing and so you know you could have come up with a mythology about a you know a word processor machine in the 80s but now that doesn't even exist anymore and so mm-hmm. the mythology would be bunk at this point so i, I think that's one problem with technology is it's it's, it's hard to, to right. form a story around it. That's what I'm worried about mm. is through evolution, are we really making ourselves dumber by not having to really memorize anything? Because you can always look it up in your phone, mm-hmm. in your pocket. Yeah. And so it's like there's no real need anymore for your brain to like store knowledge that's passed down from yeah, your yeah. mom and dad because now you can well, just but Google that's, it. That's, that's what I was talking about, the, the idea though of like, 
like what 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 specifically would we be passing down because most most of us have kind of like uh, entry level jobs where you know we work at, well, I mean like, there's you know janitor clerks and stuff like that and it's like what and technology in those contexts just make your job easier and and otherwise what would you be passing down like if you're a, so I don't want to speak pejoratively of someone's job, but I mean, if it's like a low-level job, exactly what are you passing down? And my thing is, if we can figure out the way to use technology, maybe we can make those jobs obsolete and then have more interesting jobs that are worth making mythologies mm-hmm, about. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like a catch-22. Like anyway, yeah. My worry would be, say, like, I mean, as America, we've only been around for so long. Say something horrible happened to our country and we fall into the third world likes of other countries right Mm -hmm. the knowledge that we don't have anymore is how to raise livestock how to can food how to like the simple necessities that used to be passed down like grandma Mm -hmm. like my grandma still can so i go and can with grandma every now and then but i've even though i've done that i couldn't do it on my own and i think it's because like in my head it's like i don't need to remember all these steps because i can just look them up okay right and, and that so, kind of goes back to some early roots of of the whole um, technology is bad debate back in like mm. Aristotle time yeah, and stuff yeah, where yeah. he was all about like, so what these if kids it's... these days aren't memorizing <laughs> their prose. And <laughs> They're their... just reading scrolls and <laughs> yeah, yeah. relying upon hieroglyphics and stuff. But really, like, punks. <laughs> would we eventually lose who we are as as people well they okay they say that the i think i don't know if this was nietzsche or who what but they say it was said that the medium affects the message and what what they what he meant he or she meant by that i, I don't know where that quote came from but it's a quote look it up but it's medium affects the message no 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 what basically what it means is that if you're writing on a typewriter maybe this was nietzsche but if you're writing on a typewriter then that will affect what you're writing and it will affect how you're writing it uh-huh. and the kind of mm-hmm. cadence of your text and the way you're speaking and as opposed to if you were to write it longhand you'll write it differently you know if you were to use a computer you write it differently if you're doing just like mm-hmm. an oral tradition kind of thing it'll change the message so there is does it ruin our minds to use facebook i don't think it has to i think it can i think it is <laughs> but i don't it, think it has to it, I, is optimized for a certain thing, right, though, yeah, which yeah. is what technology does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if if you like, could someone like on a typewriter, a hundred years ago, write something as concise and quirky as just like a, a meme? Mm. I don't know because it's like a different. <clears throat> yeah, but would people appreciate a meme back then? Because where we are with technology, I think today? if it was well placed. We, well, I think that's like some of the best wit. Are, Puttied up our minds to find <laughs> memes hilarious. Memes have been around for a while. <laughs> That's true. I, I, what, what is that they say that brevity or no wit is the soul of brevity, something like that, mm. or no brevity is the soul of wit. Like if you can say something like sharp right. and concise, that's really appropriate for the moment. That sounds like Voltaire or something. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Yeah. So, so I, I don't disagree that Facebook, you know, is not good for our minds or that Twitter, because I think it's like so simple. I just think we could be going so much further with technology. Right. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I was looking, and the path we're on is... Because that's one argument that I read with uh, neo-Luddites. 
um, is that are these guys they were making are these guys around? Can I call them up? Maybe Pro- join. Maybe <laughs> they, <laughs> they have a Facebook page. <laughs> they own Probably, Facebook because <laughs> there was like one of the biggest pieces of r- literature that I saw was written in the nineties in nineteen ninety. It wow. was uh, like a whole book that was, or an essay that was meant to act as like a manifesto, but. Um, hmm. But, but I'm one sure of the they, like, they did it on like a computer or a word processor. Yeah. Oh, well, and and uh, that's the other thing is the Unabomber was actually a really big neo luddite. Oh, really? And is kind of a idol still. His his writings. Wait, just, is, now, 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 now that now violent? that you said that, can I can yes. I retract what I said earlier? I don't want <laughs> to be affiliated <laughs> with a Unabomber. Yeah, the FBI's on their way. <laughs> They've been looking for you for a long time. You know how they're gonna get a hold of me? My <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> well, I didn't know that Neo Luddites were also like militant or, or violent. Well, there there are four types of them. Because there's like a case to be made for like right. not having technology. Simple yeah, four, living and four levels, which we're trying to make. Yeah, something approachable and everything. But there are uh, four types of them, which are the ones who just passively delete Facebook and okay. uh, give up their car, their washing machine, whatever it is. And then there are the... Uh, which would be fun to do for a month or two. Mm-hmm. You almost had me until you gave up washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then there's the one who harm producers of technology... Oh, geez. And then, like, what, where, where does that yeah. even come out of? Like, yeah. so that's only step two. <laughs> <laughs> These are just yeah, different types. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought we were going by like, oh, like degrees of degrees of. Yeah. of I was like, okay, if we're already there at, at step two, <laughs> the second and then Unabomber. <laughs> no, gee, Jilly Willikers. It's uh, the passively abandoning ones, the simple living advocates, and then the like ones missionaries who, of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, yeah, who just. Like say it's not that hard, or go out and do it. Okay. You can wash your clothes in a river just like me. It's easy. <laughs> Grab a scrubbing board. <laughs> but uh, and then the harming the producers and the technology saboteurs who are like okay. the luddites who like the V for vendetta kind of people. Yeah, who would like break the mills and hmm. destroy stuff, or um, yeah, all of the luddite movement okay. breaking stuff. Uh, so okay, so, but, okay. but well, no. I was the other thing that I found on them was uh, the, all of the problems with technology being misused and how it leads to um, biological weapons, control of, of mm. humanity by surveillance, um, and mm-hmm. like psychological control. So being anti that, which mm-hmm. yeah, and the other big ones, nuclear stuff. warfare. And then the other one I saw was um, the genetic, ah, where did it go? Like the genetic devolution of the oh, human like, race. like CRISPR or because, genetic No, because babies. we don't have natural selection mm. anymore. We lose that force and people just look everything up. They don't need to know these things. Mm-hmm. So it's they like we're just, almost programming our brains not to have a memory bank d- anymore. Yeah. To Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. soon people who just know how to use technology the most to their advantage or whatever are the ones who are getting ahead instead of Yeah. 
just anyone who has like the physical ability, which I don't, I just, I just changed my mind while I was making the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That, that, that Those sound like pretty good distinctions too. Um, so one, so I, I, I was, I was kind of thinking about one, you know, one line of thinking in this, in this way a couple of months ago. And I was thinking about how we need to, or how we could rather integrate technology in our community spaces without it having to be overwhelming. And so I was kind of thinking of it like, um, like some kind of like standard or color code system or something. But when you like go to a community event, there would be some kind of code or color that would kind of designate that this, this event has this level of technology. Like you're going to be mm, using okay. smartphones. You're going to be, you know, whatever you do, it's going to be involved in some kind of back-end algorithmic stuff. And That's then like smart. another, yeah, another cult. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's way smart. No, no, it's just, but it's like, um, and the other, the other, um, and kind of like having at the other end of the spectrum being something like, you know, this event specifically has no modern cell phones and you should like mm -hmm. leave your cell phones at the door. Right. And like the thing that comes to mind is like my, my friend, uh, Michael has like this uh, artist for local agriculture collective and they go out and they garden and stuff. And it's like, there's really no reason why they should have their smartphones there. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they do it is to kind of like get in touch with the earth. And so I think part of the solution for moderating technology is, you know, upfront setting the expectations of what people can expect and kind of build like a culture around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that, that about that, but well, that gets into talking about like, the the user experience of how we use technology yeah, and things, exactly. how we th yeah. are mindful of what we're relying on, and so. yeah, that's a cool way to say it, because because it, it is like having like kind of a modern UX perspective on it, even if technology is not going to be there, you're still mm -hmm. also being aware from a design perspective of yeah. how technology not being there is going to affect the experience. So yeah, I think it's yeah. a good way to say it. Uh, yeah. I guess the two points there of it being that you can plan around it, you can Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, kind of build a culture around that thought and mm -hmm. then just basic setting uh expectations. Yeah. Cuz yeah, cuz I was kind of thinking about it. There's this episode of Black Mirror. Um I, what was the one with Bryce Dallas Howard where like everyone is going around raiding everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think <clears throat> I was thinking about that. I think one of the creepiest things about that was just how. I think for listeners who are listening, oh yeah, you might want to explain that episode and how exactly it worked. Okay, well let's see. Does he? It's called. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to hear the name. No, of it. Yeah. it was. I don't remember what? What his name. All right, fine. But, so while he's looking that up. The context of it, I believe, was how you interacted with people through your daily activities yeah, yeah. rated how you went or how well you did in life. It's mm -hmm. like right? a life credit yeah, score. Yeah, like you know, how well someone smiled at you, how nice was their haircut, how yeah. nice was the job they did by getting you your food at a restaurant, kind of like everything. And if I remember right, she was going to a wedding... Yeah, and through her trip to get to the wedding, she had been rated so poorly mm -hmm. that her friends didn't want her there anymore. Yeah, because of her rating. 
Yeah, because they would. She, Nobody would help her. Yeah, yeah, she being at the wedding would ruin the credit. It was like a series of, of unfortunate events that but happened yeah. to her that brought her rating way down, and they didn't want to yeah. know her anymore. Yeah. Just, or have any connection to somebody who was rated so low. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, I feel like that's not an entirely impossible situation. Um, I mean, assuming that people didn't really think about what they were doing and they just went full bore into the technology. Nosedive. Nosedive. So that's what Corey was exactly describing is like this series of unfortunate events. This lady nosedived and, mm-hmm. you know, and her fortune and credit score and all that. And she just became this kind of pariah. And so the, oh, the yeah. thing that was creepy about that for me specifically was just kind of like the fact that this technology just appeared or the, the 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 show just kind of shows this technology in full form everybody accepts it and the mainstream don't really question it i mean obviously part of the story was that she questions it and she mm-hmm. comes back and around and, and some people had broken yeah it, and they've it, broken, broken through out, it yeah. but just like it was just weird to me and creepy how insidious this technology had ingrained itself in society and it was just like a very you know, minor kind of subculture of people that had even like questioned it and gotten away mm-hmm. from it. But the it's also not <clears throat> not a crazy idea that you would have some kind of record of someone's yeah reputability or anything like that. I mean, yeah, I mean like Yelp or China thought it was a pretty good idea. They've started doing it too. Like unlike, a, unlike how extreme though, I mean, a social credit score. It's still. <laughs> I mean, it started last year or something so they haven't really gone full force with it but they've talked about how it will affect um like renting apartments oh or buying goodness. cars so and, to me. Yeah, right? and see that's the thing is like individualism is a big thing in the united states and so i, I feel like we would reject that more but in china individualism is not really a thing to the extent it is now so they might actually because people go are for fake it. nice all the time so you just put yeah. on this persona to bump it up that's yeah. that's the thing is there's like a huh. loophole in it or a way for horrifying, people by the to way. be hacked or people to hack the whole system they just i would have to fake what it's looking for and then we've kind of imposed this idea of what we want in mm-hmm. we've like forced it into happening at a level that nobody wanted to have happen. Yeah. In that, in the Black Mirror episode. It's exactly. Like, it takes it way too far to the perfect extreme. Mm-hmm. The quote unquote perfect. Yeah, I guess yeah. this goes along the lines of people becoming disconnected with nature and also themselves because now that you're being judged in such a way, are you going to, there's probably going to be lessons on how to properly act oh yeah, yeah. there's gonna yeah. be in that episode there's a consulting firm and so that she goes yeah. to consulting yeah. for so yeah so this is yeah this is just kind of encouraging my idea of how technology can just destroy humanity and uh one of the people that i found that was a neo-luddite writer in the 60s was uh jacques Elu, I think he's Elul. French. I don't know. I'll take your word on it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, but he wrote about this idea of technique, and that it's the totality of met- 
of methods rationally arrived at at this is a terrible definition i don't know why you wrote this down <laughs> but uh makes it's, no sense to me it's all of the methods used to do some process perfectly efficient okay. and i, I kind of like that that's, and, that's a cool way to think of it but his whole his whole point of defining it was so that he could attack it by saying that it uh, it's a drive, it's a motivator that tends to drown out human concern. And that as soon as you um, start seeing these techniques, oh, what is it? Um, yeah, you don't see humans as human. You start seeing them as this other tool this mm -hmm. other machine that you can use with your other methods or techniques to just drive productivity mm -hmm. okay and yeah see that that's where it gets super creepy it's it's where mm -hmm. it's you know thinking about people as you know utilities and, and, and kind of just slaves to the machine mm -hmm. so okay so so one one thing that we're trying to do with Go Unite is we're trying to create this template system, and and basically have on these templates the instructions to execute kind of the smaller jobs in the community and maybe work up way way up to the more high level jobs like, but like like for example, um, for example, if a nonprofit needs to have a trash pickup day, then you would have all the, the specific tasks to pick up trash laid out in instruction form. And the hope being that if enough of these smaller jobs are laid out and improved by people as they're using them, then kind of common themes will emerge. And you will be able to, with kind of this data that we have aggregated, to be able to find more efficient ways to do these jobs and include people in the community in the process of improving these jobs. But also more rewarding ways because yeah. instead of a, yeah, exactly. instead yeah. of a computer finding the optimal uh, efficiency, you're you're having humans determine the optimal experience. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. And so yeah, once you figure out the basic way to accomplish a task, now like like you're saying, you can now make it interesting and experiential. And so what I'm getting at with that is that I think if we can lean into technology in the right way, then we can use it to create hyperhuman experiences that aren't speaking to what you're talking about, Ian, which is like humans are only good insofar as they can complete this algorithm. Mm -hmm. Now you're, you're warping the algorithm so it, it makes a more interesting experience. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of the catch-22 that I see is like if we just try to optimize infinitely, then I think it does become a situation where humans are just kind of like cogs in this machine t to a crazy extent. Yeah, we're trying to hack it. Yeah, yeah, trying to hack it, take advantage of it, you know, and all the negative things about, you know, spying on people or whatever. But if we are able to find what technology is good at, the kind of technology we're talking about, we still haven't come up with a true way to define technology, by the way, <laughs> but, but like being a record of information... And then getting creative with how this information is displayed or interpreted, then I think it can be hyperhuman. There was like there was this quote that I thought was fascinating, but it's like the first wave of technology dehumanizes, and the second wave of technology hyperhumanizes. And I think that's 
I think I think there I can imagine situations where that would be true. So we're in the first wave of technology right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like Facebook is just kind of like this creepy Ken doll, mm-hmm. you know, interface where it's like happy, like you know, fun picture of me, and it's just. You know, if you really think about it, it's actually really creepy and kind of terrifying. But if we can, like, you know, we, I think we can, I think we can innovate out of that. Mm-hmm. And and then one one more thing that I, I think, well, then I'll shut up and see what you guys have to say. But there was this, I don't know, I think it's, it's called the stat clock. But basically, it's like this clock that you can hang on your wall, and where in a traditional clock, like just kind of a circular clock with little hands that would kind of turn. But like on a traditional clock where you would have like the different numbers, mm-hmm. it has like little wooden like uh, icons. Like one of the icons is a house. One of the icons is a school. One of the icons is like the grocery store. And the, this clock, it syncs up to the GPS on your phone. And so if someone like your kid is out at school and they have their phone with them, the clock will show... It'll point at the school icon. Is there a jail icon on that clock? <laughs> no. <laughs> but the point being, though, is that you can get access to that complicated algorithmic information without having to look at a really ugly, distracting screen. Okay. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. You're kind of going back to... It's kind of like in Harry Potter. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to the point Corey was making last time about how some people don't want to interact with things that are too complicated yeah but they're simpler interfaces yeah and that kind of goes into uh some of the thoughts i had of just how do you make technology that isn't dehumanizing like we talked about Mm -hmm. or isn't uh socially dangerous it doesn't harm the environment or anything like that yeah because like the bitcoin stuff you know all that i've heard is you know for all the good it does it's extremely energy inefficient Mm -hmm. and you know so in theory it sounds like it'd be a democratizing thing but it's actually very potentially destructive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that being one of ten thousand things we'd probably name and yet that Electrical inefficiency is one of the things that uh, proves its security or ensures its security mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. viability because the the algorithm that they're solving with all that electricity, the like actual process of mining Bitcoin or, yeah, running Bitcoin mm-hmm. is it's inefficient because it's secure or it's secure because it's inefficient. It's a hard process for it. Okay. And so it takes a lot of electricity to do. Huh. I see. So, so there's like kind of a part of the part of the mining of Bitcoin in this in this in this example, part of the reason why it's so energy intensive is because it's running through the motions that it has to run through. Yeah, to be and safe. So you, you couldn't you couldn't make it less energy efficient and retain that safeguard yeah exactly huh. yeah that's too bad <laughs> and i mean not that it's impossible yeah, to, do sure it there's a way to do it yeah. it's just it it would happen on the coding end not the hardware end or both i don't know yeah i imagine there are probably some kind of there are, solutions there are better things than bitcoin for sure <laughs> yeah okay 
So let me ask you this, Corey. So as the person who kind of introduced this topic, what, if, if technology had didn't have like a screen interface and it was super simplified... For those of you at home, I'm squinting my eyes at Mike right now. <laughs> what, am I putting you on the spot? <laughs> making a sour face at him. No, no, continue. Old, old Farmer Corey's <laughs> city slicker Michael. No, it's, it's like... It, okay, so in in your ideal world where mm-hmm. you're cut off from you know mainstream society and you get to farm stuff, if there were like some mechanical interface, kind of like that clock thing, and somehow you know you could like interact with this clock and like deposit money into your bank account like by moving kind of like a big humorous looking lever or something, <laughs> and you could have like you know. You know, you could tell when, you know, someone was going to come visit you based upon, you know, when, you know, their GPS said that they were going to arrive and that would be demonstrated on this clock kind of thing. And it's just like this kind of elaborate tactile thing. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to like go on and do like some kind of, you know, social media presence. And it was all just tactile from, you know, the outset. Would you, would, would you be against that in any way, shape or form? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, that's kind of a very elaborate way of doing things. <laughs> it would I think, be. It so would I think be really, it'd be like my, a Tunes solution. My but. issue with technology right. is, like I said before, it, it just disconnects you with reality. But like, part of it... So, well, well, take like, so like Facebook, right? Yeah. So when I go out into nature, which, you know, I do quite often. You bring your smartphone. I bring my smartphone. <laughs> That's on you. Because it has a camera on it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. No, but so so my girlfriend runs an Instagram. And so a lot of times when we go out, it's so she can get pictures for Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so then when we go out, we go to uh, places that are quite populated because it's quick and easy to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's all you see now mm-hmm. is people yeah. with their cameras, not, not like, not iPhones or anything, but like cameras, just taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're viewing everything through the screen. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about it, like you go back when the camera was first invented, right? Yeah. Or not when it was first invented, a little after, when it became a, con- a consumer mm-hmm. type object. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you'd go on a trip and you take these photos, right? There was no way to instantly share them. Yeah. You were kind of more or less taking them for yourself, for the memories. And then when you got home, you'd invite people over mm. and you'd, you'd do a slideshow of your photos. Mm-hmm. So there's more interaction. You had people in your living room and you were there's able a, to explain. A reason to get together. Yeah. Yeah. Or nowadays, you're taking a picture so you could post it to get hundreds of likes, right? Mm-hmm. If you get five likes on a photo, you're not happy. I but am. if you had those <laughs> five <desperate>. five people <laughs> that liked that photo yeah. inside your house, yeah, you would get a much right. more yeah. It'd be a whole experience. Yeah. you're like everybody in the house likes everybody. One hundred percent. I mean, everybody would have a really good time. Yeah, there's a reason people stopped going to slideshow parties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were boring. That's you true. Know. I mean, I've never been there. Really enthusiastic. <laughs> but, yeah. but if everyone I had a slideshow, maybe of like their recent. But I guess it's what like I'm a getting at is, so is now you're bringing the free market uh-huh. into making slideshow parties more interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And so oh. now it's more of a. Think about that for a minute. 
Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't like the disconnect that people right. are getting from technology now. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. So when you do things not for yourself, but you're doing things for the technology, you're doing something for the app, you're doing something for this mm. instead of doing something for yourself, mm -hmm. that's what I, I disagree well, okay, with. Let me ask you this. Okay. So say that you have a job and you don't much care for it, but you go in and you do the job and you get money for doing that job. Wait, Isn't that does that happen? Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> Isn't that analogously pretty much one for one the same thing as what I'm explaining? Yeah, because yeah. it's like if if you if you go out and you take a picture, I suppose that's so. your technical job, yeah. and if you get a like, that is your paycheck. Mm -hmm. And Doing could a task you say like why you know why why do you go and you know work at your job for money? Why don't you just go work at your job for you? You know, well, I mean, isn't there's, it like there's the same too. I mean, you go to work at your job so that you don't sleep under a bridge. You know, so the the compensation is a little more valuable than likes, right? In that, case. but it is starting to merge, though. Yeah, I mean, because you have like in your in your girlfriend's it, case, we won't say her name because we don't know if she wants to be associated with the podcast. Not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> so just Corey's girlfriend. Um, hey, Corey's girlfriend. She, you know, she has. You know, uh, what do they call it? A content creator or something? But it's like an influencer. An influencer, influencer, yeah. Like right, companies right. will pay her mm -hmm. money because yeah. of the likes she gets. Yeah. So it's starting to merge. It is. Yeah. It's starting to become a job. Yeah, it is. And that's definitely why she does it because now it's become a job. Yeah. That's not why she started doing it. So I mean, that whole thing is starting to merge. Mm -hmm. But that's. Yeah, because a company would be like, okay, I need this shot, or I'm sending right. you this product, so we have, and so, so we have to go out to. But you were kind of saying, it, like, that's making the argument that they're the same in that the the task itself and the end point, the, like, what you get out of it is the same exactly. because it's bills being paid or so now it's, whatever. Well, and it's almost like, so when people are going out to nature, they're not enjoying nature mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. And, they're and not, with that... They're not filling their soul with what they need. You're kind of saying that they're different kind of in the middle where it's the experience all the way through mm -hmm. of doing the task and then maybe how directly that paycheck comes mm -hmm. matters in that whole experience of if it's more enjoyable to just post a picture mm -hmm. and then get your bills paid from how many views you get versus posting a picture and and then showing it around. And I think I hate it because yeah. it kind of affects me a little bit. Because, you know, I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I have all these things, and I don't want to get rid of them. Yeah, you want that great shot. So I want to get those 300 likes on my photo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's competitive. For those listening, go like my photo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you, you can Boost my ego for the day. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to have to find a new photo. <laughs> but, so, but see, yeah. and there's that. Like Now you're constantly out trying to get photos so you can constantly mm -hmm. get that uplifting feeling of all yeah. these likes that you've gotten have you have you noticed this this has been happening to me recently like i i tr okay so I, I i first of all i traditionally hate social media but in the My last man. couple of years you know you kind of get on it because right. you know, you're doing all these things oh, yeah. like, you're that's one what that are. still had a flip phone what oh, yeah. a year ago yeah and i think it was when i realized that you know i don't want to be a conspiracy theorist <laughs> anymore that i want to just like have a greater levels of trust for the world and I'm just going to dive in and try to, mm -hmm. you know, make the world better as it is, you know, kind of perceived, I perceive it to be. But anyway, so 
like I've noticed that I'll have like this instinct, you know, when I feel like, oh, this is going to be good for Instagram. And it's like, you know, it's like I don't post to social media unless I feel that like mm. dopamine surge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. oh, this is going to be, you know, this is the thing that I'm going to say that's going to make me look like I'm not super depressed right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is perfect. Have you noticed that? Or am I crazy in that? No, no that's I, that's that what I'm works? that's what I'm saying. That's the yeah. drive be behind it. Yeah, okay. Is that dopamine that your body gets when you post it, like, a picture? Makes you feel good to post but it's, it's kind of like... the same. It's just a more depending on how you want to look at it. It's kind of the same as seeing someone's reaction in person mm -hmm. and having that sort of frictionless way of yeah. of showing something and getting appreciation but you didn't yeah. have to interact with anyone mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely that's yeah. a perfect way to say because i think that's one of the best things because if you're like in a crowd you know when you do something great in theory right. you're not going to hear all the people's comments right. but on social media it's super low stakes and you can just leave a mm -hmm. like the, there's yeah. only two things you could be doing there is right passing it by or yeah or liking it so you might as well yeah so there there's there there is something you know, possibly interesting about that. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, I don't, I mean, I think both of you had some religious experience, but I think the same is true for like military when like everyone has the same orientation and perspective in the world. It's easier to interact with people because, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, like my brother was out abroad in, I think it was like Germany or something and he was having a tough time and he saw two Mormon missionaries go by and he's like, He's not in the Mormon church. He doesn't like the, the church, but he was like super grounded and comforted mm. by this familiar thing. Yeah. And I think that Facebook has like a similar kind of thing to it. Like when I go here, I know how to interact. I know what's hmm. I know what's well, going to. Right. There's kind of the the customs that yeah. are a little more simplified. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very much filtered yeah. that way. Yeah. So there's something to that so it's like creepy as much as it, it does make sense and kind of a weird it's optimized logic. for yeah. that thing yeah yeah that's kind of funny because i get that same feeling when i'm out just cruising america and you're going through a town and you see an, an lds church yeah and you're like hey they have those where i'm from <laughs> i can trust this place yeah i can go in here like uh, have a Concise McDonald's experience. <laughs> They're always going to have this kind of Big Mac here at the LDS Church. That was, like, <laughs> that was a jumping in an, an analogy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an artist. That's why I do that. Um, the, the other thing that I saw that kind of relates to this, well, now we're kind of on to the actual experience and what it does to us. Yeah. Um, a lot of what I was reading about after the Luddite stuff was unemployment, because that's kind mm -hmm. of the topic that comes up a lot. Is oh, like losing the jobs <clears> and the machines <throat> kind of thing. Okay. Yeah the uh, the Keynesian term is technological unemployment. Okay. Where yeah, where machines take over jobs, um, and that seemed like the bigger thing. I hadn't even really gotten into what it's doing to our brains and mm -hmm. and how we interact with the world yeah yeah that's 
kind of makes me think of like the situation with Uber and taxi cabs. Mm. Uh Just how that, you know, Uber just came in and obliterated that industry. Yeah. Yeah. There's a way to do that though without destroying industries. It's just kind of like the hubris of of the free market. Like, we're the first ones there. We're going to destroy everybody. It's like you can innovate and also make holistically sustainable. Mm. Well, that's more of an evolution. Like a taxi cab driver can now just work for himself as an Uber Mm -hmm. driver, right? Yeah, what was who was I watching this? Some like they don't make show. this good money. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's gonna happen either way. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that is the thing. It's, it's always gonna lean towards what people are, what's more appealing, what's more convenient. Yeah, yeah. And so you that's might the, as well just make too, it convenient like, for your customers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly it because it's like the. The reason why it, Uber is so successful is because it's a better experience for the user, mm-hmm. and and the idea that the the companies that are being put out of business, you know, like taxi companies, that they're angry, up in arms about Uber. What you know, what maybe is hard for them to admit is that there's just a better thing going on. They could have made an app too. Yeah, and they could have totally made. It's it also very cheap on Uber and Lyft are, are both way cheaper than most taxi companies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, although a lot of the companies around here, at least, there's like the big monopoly ones, but there are also a lot of independent companies started by like immigrant families and things. Mm-hmm. Which, so they're like small businesses that are being run over by that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, so th- this is one point because you're talking about experience. And I recently... Uh, I signed up for a gym, so oh. there's that. But I did it specifically to use like the the sauna and the steam room. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah, because I just I love it's how that it. feels. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it feels so good. But and so I, I I went in the other day and I I just I sat in there and my goal was to stay in the steam room for forty minutes. Okay. <laughs> and and after like minute twenty, I was like. You know, getting lightheaded. I, you know, I thought I was gonna pass out, and I was like, I better just, you know, maybe twenty five. That'll be <laughs> my limit. But I got, you know, it's like, you know, from like a, a user experience, it was uncomfortable, it was inconvenient, and I was having like, I was like so uncomfortable that I was starting to dip into like an existential crisis, you know, okay. like kind of going inward, and. And I, I left, and I, I, I realized that I got so much out of that experience because it just sucked so bad, you know. It was it was so good, and I want to keep so doing it. so much of an experience. Yeah, and it's, like, it's kind of like when you exercise, it hurts. And, and so the other thing that a lot of the optimizing technology doesn't, under, or doesn't really address is that you can make these frictionless experiences infinitely, but at what point, you know, is it actually a better experience to be inconvenienced? Right. Mm. And so I think that's one thing that has not really been answered by modern technologies. Like, why would you make an app that is shutting down all the time and that is sending your emails to the wrong people and, like, you know, an accident app? You know, you wouldn't really... Maybe you would do that, actually, because it'd be... <laughs> that would be weird. a fun experiment, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's one thing that the technology doesn't really account for. Hmm. Of, like, yeah the frictionful experiences right and how much people want to do certain things because that's another thing when you were talking about uh making 
unfulfilling jobs obsolete is that there might be someone who's fi- who's found their zen mm-hmm. in doing that yeah. mundane job. I love sorting things or like <laughs> putting stickers on stuff. That's my jam. But okay, <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay, if, if there were a, a machine or an app that sorted everything and it just did it, would you still sort things just on yeah. your own time? Okay. Also, yeah. that, see, so there you go. That goes back to <laughs> so my no point. Find something is to sort. Finding the people for that particular yeah. job instead of trying to create that job to be more easier done. Mm-hmm. Just finding the right fit. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Because okay. when I was well, reading about that's, that's a good thought. Here, go ahead. So my job right now, we just hired a bunch of new people. Mm-hmm. And so before, what I thought was... I wouldn't say not a good job, but as a job that I don't really enjoy or find meaningful, mm-hmm. this new kid just finds it amazing. It's like magic <laughs> to him. Uh-huh. Like he's just uh-huh. so incredibly amazed by my machine that I run that now he's set it as his goal to learn everything he can to eventually get to running my machine. He's like, maybe in two years I'll be able to do what you do. Okay. Uh, I, I, and here I, I am thinking, fun. I don't want to do this right now. And Operating here you are is fun too, going to right? put all this effort okay, into Okay, but how long years. do you think he's going to have that enthusiasm? I don't know. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's, it is novel and interesting that he has that enthusiasm. He's talking about but, doing it as a career. He's like, I could do this the rest of my life. I'm like, oh, well, geez. Maybe, maybe he will. <laughs> maybe he's just that one. But uh, that's what I'm saying. There's personal. people out there that enjoy yeah. that. And that's, <laughs> I, I feel like you could have that same thing. In an optimized world, I think you need. You it's know, like it's like the fidget cube, you know. Like there's no reason why you have to fidget with stuff, but you know you get this fidget cube, and you can fidget just. It sounds like this. I I have a theory that after hearing this, I think that this kid wants a fidget cube, and that this no, this stamp I mean, machine is his fidget cube. I think mm. it's just. It's like a the cat idea that you put thing. behind a job, the idea that you personally. So me, like, mm-hmm. I, there's a million things running through my head a day, a million mm-hmm. projects I want to accomplish. So my time spent in front of that press is time wasted almost yeah. mm-hmm. in my yeah. mind because there's all these other things I'd rather be doing. But you find these people that actually enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. It's not it's time wasted. It's yeah. like, sweet, I'm getting paid to, to do to this. Do this. Okay. So, so it's, like my natural it's getting rid of that idea that, the guy that picks up your garbage is less than you, and then he mm-hmm. slowly gets that installed into his mind that, oh, I'm just a garbage man. No, mm-hmm. you're creating a beautiful, clean city. Like, you are doing one of the most important jobs there are on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, but we don't respect that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You just need to find a way to install more respect and more dignity into yeah, I, jobs. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think there, yeah. there would be plenty of respect to for someone who um if you knew everyone who was out picking up garbage was doing it because they wanted to make the community cleaner or whatever Mm -hmm. it was instead of they just saw the paycheck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or they saw some signing bonus online and were like yeah i'll do that for a year or two then i think there would be more maybe more respect for those people but it's kind of so I if you could create that, that system that found the perfect people for the perfect jobs. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Well, and the other You're question right. Right. that kind of sounds like that is that I just came up with, with on the way here was uh, if you could automate 
everything that uh, everything that you needed to do to provide for a certain area, then so you could do away with almost well, let's say all unemployment, make mm-hmm. this whole frictionless, completely automated community. Mm-hmm. And then there would be communities where everything was manually done and there was no technology in it, everything. There was a, a place on that spectrum yeah, for everyone. Okay. Yeah. What would unemployment look like? Okay. In those places where there were no jobs because machines did literally everything. Okay. Well, I, I mean, there would be different scales, but what do you think it would look like at the extreme end? Okay. So, so real quick, we have, we're down to our last yeah. minute here. Oh, no. So I say that, uh, yeah, let's end on that question. So that would be next week's? Next no, no, I, I think we should answer that question. Oh, okay. and Yeah, and then we'll, yeah. All right, so, so, so you said that there's a spectrum. On the high end of the spectrum, everything is just like frictionless, automated, you know, everybody's doing what they needed to do. And then on the other end, um, just kind of manual labor, you know, everything like that. So you're asking this question for this extreme, mm-hmm. okay, this extreme technology-driven world. Okay. Um, unemployment. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it would look like people wasting their lives away. Like people, because I think mm-hmm. if you don't have to go to your job, you're going to mm-hmm. find ways to enlighten right. yourself. Yeah, if you had all your basic needs met, right? If you so then, not only had to, I not think people would pursue food, enlightenment. You you and so if you weren't pursuing enlightenment, I think that's what and love making being jobless, <laughs> unemployed saying. would be is people that don't find enlightenment and aren't trying to better mm-hmm. themselves. And they're just kind of like slugs and stuff. Just slugs. Yeah. So do you think? Because that's know. that's the answer that that it's usually so, gets. Oh. Yeah. If if the robots took away all the jobs and there was such a thing as universal basic income or just that everything was subsidized to the point where like, I don't know how money would be created at that point, Mm -hmm. but just things were produced and people were provided for. The argument is either that people would sit around and, and watch TV all day Mm -hmm. or people would, go out and try to find the meaning to life since yeah. work wasn't the meaning yeah. suddenly. But maybe there's another side of that coin. Maybe people, because, you know, people are kind of um, scary mm-hmm. when you get down to it. Mm-hmm. It would be like more murders and mm. more heranous. Just be heranous. anarchy. It's the second time you've used this word that you've just invented. I've invented this word. <laughs> you all can use it. <laughs> okay. Horrendous. I think that's a good point, Gordon. My okay, so my I don't I don't want to be the last word, so I'm going to say what I think, and then one of you two can be the last word. <laughs> I think I think what would happen I think it would be a chain reaction. I think you'd have the handful of people that just love to pursue things and get enfranchised in goals. They love to go outdoors. They love to make art. They love to you know do whatever. And I feel like that passion would just be infectious. And mm. then they would be like the early adopters of this passion movement, and they'd have like kind of like this bell curve, like the the middle group would kind of like jump on board and then the people that just really don't give a rat's behind about anything could not help but find something that they could actually find passion in. Mm -hmm. Because I think that passion 
is part so. of the universe. All right. So, okay. Yeah. Last, last and thought. I, I think, uh, oh, where did that come from? I was talking to someone about, uh, maybe it was about this. Of I would go out and spend time learning things yeah. or developing new skills, but there are probably people who, I heard the argument that there were people who just don't like learning. And all I could think of is all of the sneakerheads who know like exact run numbers on certain models of yeah. misprints and <laughs> like train enthusiasts who know every little thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. They've never operated a train, but they know what a <laughs> like some model and the differences between different manufacturers and all of these things. There's like useful knowledge that people I think still would care about, even yeah. if it was just their favorite characters on a TV show. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Although maybe you're right too, Corey. Maybe there'll be people that are fascinated with pure evil. Yeah. All right. Maybe we can talk okay. about that one yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, like thank it. you very much, gentlemen. Michael out. See y'all later. I'm gone. <laughs> All right.